Welcome to Mark Connor's podcast. For more information, visit markconnor.com.au. Well, hello, LifeGate. It's Mark Connor here. Great to be joining you today. Can you believe it? We're in lockdown again. Uh, how annoying, how inconvenient for all of us. But you know what? We can get through this together. We've been here before and uh, we'll get to the other side of it. It's great that we can still meet together this weekend, obviously online rather than in person through the wonders of modern technology. And so really good to be sharing with you today. If you've missed the last couple of weeks, we've been doing a series of messages called How to Discover and Use Your Spiritual Gifts. Uh, you know, each one of us have a longing to be useful, to do something with our life that's meaningful, to make a contribution. And God's will for us is that we be saved, not just to go to heaven when we die, but saved and called with a holy calling. Each of us have a contribution to make right here on planet Earth. And so because of that, uh, God wants us to make a careful exploration of who we are and the work God has called us to do, and then sink ourselves into that. Each of us has what we've been calling a God-ordained shape. S stands for a unique set of spiritual gifts. H stands for your heart, what makes your heart kind of beat, your passion. Uh, A stands for your abilities. P stands for your unique personality. And E stands for your experience. This is our shape. And it's important that each one of us take time to reflect on how God has uniquely shaped us. We are his workmanship. We are his work of art. And as far as spiritual gifts, it's important that we experiment with as many different gifts as we can to take the opportunities that come our way. Have a go. Uh, just begin to do something and get involved and contribute and then examine your feelings. How did that feel as you used that gift or served in that way? Uh, what were the results? What were the fruits? What was the fruit of your ministry? And what feedback did you receive? What affirmation from other people? You know, it's a journey that takes time to discover our spiritual gifts, uh, but we can do it. We can discover our gifts uh, through this process of experimentation. As we shared last week, your mission, your life purpose uh, occurs at the intersection of three things. Number one, what you're good at. Number two, what you care about. And number three, the needs of the world. If you can find out what you're good at, your, your unique shape, what you care about, and then thirdly, the needs of the church, of the world, of the community around you. Right at the middle is that sweet spot of your mission and your purpose. As we move into our final session today, I've got a verse just for you, LifeGate, 1 Peter 4 verse 10. Here's my concluding message for you today. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. I love that. God has given each of you, not just the pastors, not just the staff, not just the talented ones, each one of you, God has given you a gift, not all of them, <laughs> a gift that you all have at least one or more spiritual gifts from his great variety of spiritual gifts. But here's the key word, use. <laughs> it's not enough just to discover your gifts or know that you've got them, but use them well to do what? To serve one another. All gifts are for the benefit of other people. And so this is my encouragement to you. This is God's encouragement to you today that you wouldn't just discover your gifts, discover your unique shape, but you would use those gifts for the benefit of others. You know, your contribution includes 
you're serving people within the broader society. Matthew 5, Jesus says, as, as his followers, we are to be salt in the earth, bringing flavor and uh, you know, bringing a blessing to our world, enhancing uh, the wonder of God's creation. And then we're to be light, bringing light in, in the darkness of the world. And so all of us have a contribution at home, uh, flows out into our neighborhood, our local community, the school you may attend, your workplace, uh, during the week and our wider global village. Every one of us as followers of Jesus are to be going about doing good. We do that through serving, through adding value. And I believe the world should be a better place because you and I are following Jesus and we're out living for him. You know, one, way, one day when our life is over, uh, God's looking for a return on his investment in our life. I don't know if you've been to a, a cemetery lately, but in a cemetery on the tombstone, you, you, you get your name, you get your birth date, and then your death date, and a little hyphen, a little dash in the middle. <laughs> That's all you get for your life. And right now we're living in that dash. But you know what we do in time echoes through eternity. And so we, we know our birthday. We don't know when our life's going to finish. But right now we're, we're living this one life that we have. I believe when your life is over, there's basically two questions you'll be asked. Number one, what did you do with Jesus? You know, that's, a, that's an eternity question. What did you do with Jesus? But secondly, what did you do with your life? What did you do with the spiritual gifts you were given? And God wants a return on his investment in you. And your answer to the second question is not about heaven or hell or eternity. It's about reward. And I want to pray that each one of us will hear that great combination. Well done, good and faithful servant, because we discovered our shape. And more than that, we used what God had given us for the benefit of those around about us. And that, that's, that includes our whole life. You know, don't have a dualism that divides the sacred and the secular. You know, thinking that sacred is what's happening at church and uh, out in the week is, is, is more of a secular place. No, God is at work in all of the world. And Paul says, whatever you do, that's a pretty big word, whatever. You, you, you're sweeping, a, uh, sweeping up a, a floor, you're, you're putting a budget together, you're cutting someone's hair. Whatever you do, do it in the name of or the presence of or to the honor of Jesus. And so your ministry, your spiritual gifts are for all of your life. Uh, but then secondly, we're also uh, each to have a contribution within the church. In fact, every follower of Jesus is to be a member of Christ's body. And each one of us have a job to do. In fact, the health and growth of LifeGate, your local church, is dependent on each person's contribution. Uh, Ephesians 4 verse 16 says this, Christ makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Now, this doesn't negate the importance of leadership, but I think sometimes we can overemphasize the role of the leader. Uh, can you see the collaboration, the participation here? Christ makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part, as you as uh, and me and the person next to you, as we all do our own special work. That's that unique shape. Then we help the other parts grow. And then the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So uh, you have a ministry, not only in the world, the wider society, but as part of the church, as a member of the church. And so what is your contribution? And are you using those gifts to 
benefit others. You know, the church is uh, to be like a team. Uh, it's not meant to be a one-man band. You know, unfortunately, Moses was, was the first one-man band. You remember Moses? I mean, he had a big church in the wilderness, and it wasn't a nice church like LifeGate. In fact, uh, some days Moses wanted to kill them all. He was so annoyed with them, and God's going, no, Moses, no, Moses. <laughs> uh, other days, you know, God was wanting to kill them all, and Moses going, no, God, no, God. And it's a good thing for Israel that God and Moses didn't have a bad day on the same day. Anyway, my point is that uh, they were a bit of a grumbling, mumbling, murmuring group. But nevertheless, the problem was Moses was doing it all himself. Uh, he was, you know, trying to counsel everybody, disciple everybody, advise everybody. And there were long lines of people and they weren't getting very good care or support. And, and he was wearing himself out. Uh, unfortunately, some churches I go to, you know, the pastor welcomes people at the door and then gets up and plays the guitar and leads some worship and then makes some announcements and then preaches and then prays for people and then goes to the front door and says, thanks for coming. See you next week. And we wonder why so many pastors are burning out. Not at LifeGate. Uh, LifeGate is a church where every member is contributing and it's, it's a team. And on a team, everyone has a role. And so I want to thank you to all of you who are serving and contributing. And as we all get involved, as we just read, the church is going to be healthy and it's going to be growing together. You know the greatest need today? The greatest need is not more opportunity. Uh, the greatest need is more workers. Even Jesus said this. Look at Matthew 9 verses 36 to 38. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. You know, not much has changed in 2000 years. Jesus says the harvest is great. The opportunities are amazing. The needs are stupendous. What we need is we need more workers. We need more people to step out of the crowd and get involved in the work of ministry. And as I said, not much has changed. You know, uh, there's so much opportunity right there in Waverley, uh, right here in Melbourne, in our world. There's so many needs, so many opportunities. There's no problem with the harvest. What we need is more people to step out of the crowd, to shift from being consumers to becoming contributors, to be involved in the team. And your job is not just to cheer on the pastor or the staff. You have a contribution to make. Uh, you know, I love sport. And, uh, you know, one of my favorite sports is basketball. Uh, can you imagine going to a basketball game and it's the Saints versus the Demons? Who are, we, who are we cheering for? The Saints, of course. And so we get our popcorn and our drink and we sit down and we, we hope the Saints can pull off a win today. Well, as the game starts, all the Saints players sit on the bench and they send the coach out to play by himself. And so the coach is there, takes the jump ball, passes to himself, defending the other team. But, but like the coach is just outnumbered. There's so many demons. They're just scoring goal basket after basket. And, and, and all the Saints players are on the side going, come on, coach, come on, coach. They're cheering the coach on, but the coach is doing their best, but they're just outnumbered. And so eventually the coach, the coach faints and uh, they, they stretch the coach off and they, they then send out the assistant coach. <laughs> and the Saints are on the side going, come on, coach. They're cheering, come on, Saints. And, and the assistant coach is doing the same, trying to score, trying to play defense. But there's, there's so many demons that the demons are just scoring goal after goal. You know, if you watched a team like that, you would go, what is up with these saints? How stupid are they? 
they're sitting on the sidelines and, and the coach is doing all the work. You know, again, a lot of churches are just like that. Uh, the people think their job is to cheer on the leaders and the ministry coordinators. And we wonder why the church is not doing very well. Well, we need to get everyone off the sidelines. And unless you're injured or being trained, we need everyone on the court, everyone on the field. And maybe just maybe we can turn this around in the second half and see the church really advance. But it's going to take everyone's involvement. We need more members and more ministers and more contributors. And so this is a shift in thinking. It's a shift in thinking for the leaders. Leaders have to shift from being ministers to equippers. If you're a leader today, your job is not just to do ministry. Uh, Genesis 1, 26 to 28 says, be fruitful and multiply. If you're a leader today, uh, success is not you being fruitful. Everyone going, wow, you've got amazing gifts. No, it's you multiplying yourself through others. And so leaders have to shift from being cheered on and doing all the ministry to equipping and mobilizing others. And then congregation members need to shift from being consumers to being contributors. Instead of just coming along and consuming ministry, we get off the sidelines. Your job is not just to come to church and, and say, hey, good sermon. Hey, nice worship time. Nice children's talk. No, you have a ministry. You have a contribution. Maybe in that church gathering, but maybe during the week or in a cell group or in another ministry or informally, even without a title, we all have a contribution to make. And as we not only discover our gifts, but begin to use them, as we read, the body begins to grow and the church is far more effective. And so you're needed. You know, there's to be no spiritual unemployment in the kingdom of God. Everyone has a job. And the question is not, do you have a job? Do you have a position? It's, are you there? And are you contributing in a way that's meaningful? And so uh, it's so important for, for the growth, for the health of the church, as you seek to build a disciple-making culture, uh, it's going to take everyone's involvement. Again, then, look, there are some jobs that just need to be done uh, because it's part of being a church family. You know, um, uh, when my, when my, if I ask my son to take out the rubbish, he says, well, Dad, that's not quite my gifting. You know, God hasn't really shaped me to take out the rubbish. <laughs> no, 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 just take out the rubbish. You know, there's certain jobs you do just because they need to be done. Um, I might be vacuuming the house. It's not because I have a great passion for vacuuming. It's just it needs to be done. And so there's some jobs in the church, in your home, in your workplace that you may not feel called to do, but they just need to be done. And so we need to have an attitude of, of a servant that just jumps in and contributes and helps for the benefit of everybody. Another thought is that, you know, not all ministries are prominent. They're not all going to be up on the platform. They're not all going to be behind the microphone. But every ministry is significant. Not all prominent, but significant. Same in our physical body. Not every member is on our face, uh, but every member is important. Not every member is seen, but every member is valuable. Uh, you know, in, in church particularly, I sometimes see people devalue their contribution. Uh, sometimes I'll visit a church and I'll talk to someone and say, hey, where, where are you involved? And they'll say, oh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm just a kid's worker. I'm just a kid's volunteer. And I think never say I'm just a kid's volunteer. Uh, that, that's an important ministry. In fact, one of my favorite stories is apparently years ago, uh, evangelist D.L. Moody had a, a, a big evangelism meeting and someone said to him afterwards, how'd it go? He says, really good. Two and a half people got saved. And someone said, two and a half people? I, I, what? 
to two children and an adult, uh, or, or no, two adults and a child, and and he said, no, 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 two children and an adult, because the children have their life, whole life ahead of them, where the adult's life is already half over. <laughs> what what an attitude, you know, if you're uh, helping in the children's ministry, you're investing into the future of that child's life. Never say I'm just a children's worker. It's not babysitting. It's not even child mining. You're investing into the next generation. That's a valuable. Uh, it's not prominent. Uh, most of us wouldn't see what's happening uh, in that children's ministry, but it's vital. So, so don't, don't devalue the work that you're doing. Uh, sometimes I talk to someone, they say, oh, I'm just an usher. <laughs> just an usher. And they never say, I'm just an usher. And one of my favorite usher stories is, again, years ago, there was this big tent revival happening and uh, uh, there were these uh, teenagers that came to the tent and tried to get a seat, but it was, it was just packed out. So they started going home and there was an usher who said, hey, hey, don't go, don't go, don't go. stay with me, I'll, I'll find you a seat. And so the usher pushed in and found two seats for these two young people. You know, one of the young person's name was Billy Graham, Billy Graham. You know, you never know <laughs> who you're helping. You never know who you're assisting. Never say I'm just an usher. Even an usher is a great part of the overall team effort for what God is doing in any different gathering. And so not every ministry is prominent, but every ministry is significant. And so it's vital that we value what we do. You know, if you could just uh, rethink your perspective on the ministry you already have. Sometimes it's not about changing what we're doing, but changing our perspective on where we are right now. You know, Moses was in a desert place. It was dry. It was hot. And God showed up and said, take your shoes off. You're on holy ground. See, Moses didn't need to move somewhere else. He just needed to see his current position from a, neck, uh, from a new perspective, something that seemed dry and mundane, something that had just got a bit familiar, a little bit stale. Suddenly he realized God is in this place. This is a holy, this is a sacred place. And so maybe you don't need a new ministry. Uh, maybe you are in transition and God is moving you somewhere new in your contribution. But sometimes we just need to see what we're doing now with a fresh perspective. You know, what's Routine, what was once romantic can become routine. What was once precious can become familiar. You know, I, I do a lot of speaking, a lot of messages. And uh, one of the things I do to keep fresh is just to remember the first time I spoke. As I mentioned last week, I was asked to speak at a, a chapel in a Bible college that, that I was a part of. And, and I was nervous, but I felt I had a word from God and I was going, God, help me. And I just remember how special it was to, to get up in front of people and open the Bible and bring a message that hopefully would, would change people's lives. And, you know, decades on, uh, I, I never try to lose that specialness as I'm sitting here in my office. You know, we don't even have a microphone or proper lighting. Uh, but as I'm sitting here and, and praying and preparing for you today, I'm saying, God, what an honor just to, just to share your word today uh, across this online service. It's, it's, it's not perfect, but maybe God could use these few words today to encourage someone, to release someone, to inspire someone. I try to never forget how special what I'm doing is. And so for some of you that are already serving, already using your gifts, maybe that's a, a word of encouragement for you today, is that we continue to have a servant mindset. Like Jesus, Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve and to give my life for others. And so that starts in the home, as I said, in your neighborhood, at your workplace, at your school, but it flows into the church. 
where all of us have a contribution to make. And so what about you today? We've been talking about discovering and using our spiritual gifts. Have you discovered your spiritual gifts yet? And if you haven't, uh, make some time to reflect on who you are, that shape, and talk to your friends, talk to your family. And what do you see in me? What, what do you think God's gifted me to, to do? Reflect on your own calling. Uh, once you've discovered your gifts, then you have to develop them. Uh, they don't always come ready-made. You've got to develop them. That may involve some training. It may involve some reading or finding a mentor, finding someone who's ahead of you in that area that you could grow from, uh, taking a course or doing some, some formal education. Uh, develop your gift. Of course, the best way to develop is to use it. You know, you, you might ha have a calling to be a swimmer. You, know, you can read books on swimming. You can watch videos of swimmers. You can talk to swimmers. But if you never get in the water, <laughs> you're never going to swim. And uh, I've read lots of books on leadership. I've, uh, you know, looked at other leaders, but I've learned the most just simply by leading a ministry. And so whatever your gift is, don't just discover it, develop it, develop it and then deploy those gifts for the benefits of others. And so as we come to a conclusion in the message today, some of you have already discovered and you're using your gifts to contribute to God's work in the world. And I want to say, well done. I see God smile today. You don't have to wait till your life's over. Hear that, well done, good and faithful servant. Jesus loves it when we serve. And so many of you are volunteering and serving and seeing your vocation as part of your calling. And, and so a big, a big thumbs up, a, a big well done to you today. Uh, some of you know your gifts. Some of you know your calling, but maybe you're not using them to their full extent. Uh, maybe an opportunity hasn't come your way, or maybe you're in a time of transition. Sometimes we're between ministries or between seasons, or, or maybe you're a little bit burnt out. Maybe you're a bit tired. You know, um, Paul says, don't become weary in doing good. Uh, you know, we're all doing good. Come on, we're not dealing drugs. We're not robbing banks. We're not terrorists. Our problem is not that we're not doing good things, but sometimes we can get weary. The Greek word there is fatigued or tired. So, so maybe you're just a little tired and need a bit of refreshing, need a bit of rest, need to get some Sabbath in your in your rhythm of life. So it's not just activity, but it's activity and rest and engagement and disengagement. So, so maybe you're just needing a little bit of self-care right now. Uh, then there are others that are possibly on this journey of discovery. You're not quite sure. You're still figuring out how God has shaped you and wired you and where your best fit is. Uh, wherever you are, whoever you are today, I believe God uh, is excited about you. you know, Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to give you a future and a hope. God's planning, he's thinking about you, he's designed you, he's shaped you, and he's excited about the adventure of you discovering and then using those gifts for the benefit of others. Let me pray for you today. Dear God, it's been an unusual week and inconvenient. We're in lockdown again. We're not able to gather, and yet here we are online, and your spirit is at work, right in our homes, right in our cars, wherever we may be listening to this message or podcast. And so today I pray for each person listening. Lord, thank you for those that are serving and using their gifts. Encourage them today. Do not become weary in doing well. Uh, for some that know their gifts, but maybe just the right opportunity hasn't come, or they're in transition, or just a little tired, refresh them, guide them today. For some that are still discovering, Lord, give them discernment. Help them to see the wonderful, marvelous way that you've shaped and created them. And Lord, for LifeGate, 
Oh, what a great church. Thank you for Thumb Fuan and his wife and the leadership team, the board, the staff, all the volunteers. Bless this church. And I pray as everyone discovers, develops and uses their gift, the church will grow. It'll be healthy. It'll be strong. And the community will be impacted around about. Bless LifeGate today in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. It's been great to share with you today. Hope the message is an encouragement to you. Uh, we're going to be talking about it in our cell groups. And so may each of us discover and use our gifts for the benefit of others. That's all from me. Have a great week. Stay safe. Stay well. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more information, visit markconnor.com.au.